Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. This episode of Collective Wisdom is brought to you by Gift Wellness, an award-winning social enterprise that makes non-toxic and hypoallergenic sanitary pads and their new range of plastic-free vegan cleansing and shampoo bars. Founded by Dr. Zareen Ahmed in memory of her daughter Halima, who was tragically killed in 2007, Gift Wellness make and sell healthy lifestyle products that give their customers a feeling of well-being and the knowledge that they are supporting a brand that cares about their individual needs, as well as the environment and the needs of those who are less fortunate. Their scheme, Buy One, Gift One, means that for every pack sold, a pack is donated to women in refugee camps and women in need via food banks and schools. Gift pads are at least six times more absorbent than most ordinary brands. This makes them better for the environment because around a third less product is used and thrown away. The friendly packaging and branding dispels taboos. It celebrates women so they don't have to hide them away or be embarrassed. Gift Wellness are offering listeners of Collective Wisdom a super generous 30% discount using the code CAT30. That's C-A-T-30. So head over to giftwellness.co.uk to learn more about this inspiring social enterprise that's helping thousands of women around the world to safeguard their dignity during times of crisis. Use the code CAT30, C-A-T-30 at checkout if you like what you see, and I promise you won't be disappointed. Thanks so much to Gift Wellness. Hey there, my wise friends, and welcome to another episode of Collective Wisdom, which this week is all about the importance of creativity for our health and well-being. As human beings, we have an innate capacity for creativity, and it's an essential part of what makes us human. Engaging in creative activities has been shown to have a range of benefits for our mental, emotional and physical health. In fact, creativity has even been linked to reduced stress, increased happiness, improved cognitive function and a stronger immune system. One person who really understands the power of creativity is Joe Hunter, who is CEO of a social enterprise called 64 Million Artists that aims to foster creativity in everyone in the UK. Joe has long believed that being creative is the opposite of producing something brilliant or being perfect. In fact, it's often perfectionism that stifles our creativity and makes us give up. Instead, for Joe, creativity means to transcend traditional ideas, rules and patterns and make new ones. And that's something she believes we should be encouraging everyone to do. And interestingly enough, just after we recorded this episode, I was sent a message about a painting class hosted by the artist Caroline Chapel. And in the class, we simply got to play at mixing colours to create harmony and discord. And she talked about all the best things happening in the margins when we allowed ourselves to be free enough to make mistakes. It was a lot of fun, and I have Joe to thank for the inspiration. (music) 
So joining me today is Joe Hunter, who is the co-founder and CEO of 64 Million Artists. 64 Million Artists believe that everyone is creative and that when we're creative, we can make positive changes in our lives and in the world around us. They aim to work collectively to catalyze the creativity of everyone in the UK. Jo has been leaning into her own creative energy and using it to propel her forward in so many ways over the years. It's been a place of healing, fun, learning and growth. Her mission in life is to encourage everyone to do the same. She says of her work, just imagine what the world might look like if more people had space for their creativity, had more opportunities to share it with the people around them, and if others valued their ideas equally. Might the world be kinder, more innovative, less relentless, more connected, a nicer place to be? I'm inclined to agree. So Joe, a very warm welcome and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to it. So tell me a bit more about 64 Million Artists. It's a great name. How did it come about? What what was the inspiration in the first place? So I had been someone that was always very creative as a child. My parents were pretty creative um, and, you know, we sang and we danced and we made up stories and we did all of that sort of stuff a lot. And in fact, I used to present a show on the BBC called Why Don't You, which is the, the slogan was turn off your TV set and do something less boring instead. So it's all about encouraging activity and creativity. I remember that show. Yeah, I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. And I, um, and so that had been a massive part of my life. But as I had got older and felt the kind of weight of the world on my shoulders, I'd really noticed that I'd been become someone that was much more it was much more important for me to get things right and then to play and to get to be good at stuff and to be perfect and to live up to everyone's you know expectations of me um and so as i had sort of grown my career i you know i'd taken big leadership jobs it was stuff that i you know in organizations that i felt very passionate about but the actual work that i was doing i suddenly was like i'm not using creativity at all and actually I'm not using it in my social life I'm not I'm I'm sticking with things that I know like going to a class about anything terrified me you know going into an environment that I didn't know what it was going to be like you know was so anxiety inducing and this sort of built up until basically I reached a point where you know I'd just come out of a big relationship with the person I thought at that time that I was going to marry so you know that kind of bit of certainty had fallen away and I I was in this you know new place and with a in a newish well no I'd been in a job for a while but newish responsibilities all my certainty was starting to feel like it was fracturing (laughs) and suddenly I found myself in a point where I was you know really not in a good way, having panic attacks, feeling really stressed because yeah, my life had been built on, I've got to get this right. And if I don't, you know, and I was quite good at getting it right. (laughs) So I I didn't ever have to worry about it because I I did quite well at being perfect. Thanks very much. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So at that time, I basically thought I need a break from this and I don't know what to do. So I took a month off work and I asked different people to set me different creative challenges to do every day. And there were all sorts of things, you know, from tiny things, you know, write a note and leave it for a stranger or um, teach someone, get someone over twice your age, someone under half your age to teach you their favorite dance or go for a run in the rain, 
you know, visit a place you've never been to before, all kinds of different things. And it was the most extraordinary experience of realizing that actually it was the opposite of trying to be perfect. It was having a go and risking something and trying something out and failing and realizing it didn't matter, but meeting someone amazing in the process that I would have never have met before. And I suddenly felt happy and free and open in a way that I hadn't felt before. Uh, And so I said, right, well, this is what I want to do. (laughs) I want to help other people have this experience and, and, and so I quit my job two weeks into the month. I said, I'm, wow. I'm going to come back. Um, and, and that was the beginning of 64 million artists sort of thinking, what, what would it be like if we all, if we said, you know, everyone's an artist, everyone in the country is creative, which they are, you know, we're born creative. We all know that we experience it as children, but the way in which we're then brought up, the way in which we say, you know, I have to be like this, or it should be like that, or it must be this is so counterintuitive to creativity that it gets that we kind of learn ourselves out of it essentially yeah absolutely I mean I love I love that as an inspiration for a business it's it sounds like it was a period of liberation letting go um which I think at the essence of creativity is that's what's at the heart of it is is not knowing what the next step is it's it's leaning into the unknown which is maybe why it's quite scary for a lot of people and why we do go back to the guardrails of the safety and getting it right the whole time. So I'm interested for you. So you go from, okay, this is really helping me bust something open. Did you have a a vision for how you were going to, you know, has, has the business evolved from what you initially thought um, it was going to be to, to what it is today? Hugely. Yeah. I I think what was interesting is at the time, so so I had worked in the arts, you know, I'd worked in the kind of formal art sector. Um, And at the time there was a conversation, when we started the company, there was a a conversation happening at the time, which was all about, you know, how do you get people to value the arts? And is there, is money going to be taken away from the arts because people don't value it? But, Mm -hmm. But to me, there was a real kind of disconnect there with the, with the art sector that, let's face it, was pretty elitist saying, how do we get those people over there to value what we're doing over here? And what I was saying is actually that's the wrong, we've got everything the wrong way around. And actually, if we just see, see it from the perspective that everyone is creative in this, in the first place, (laughs) and we actually, what we're saying is how do we build a country in which everyone values their own creativity? So it's not about this very specific thing. It's about saying everyone's coming from a place of creativity. And then yes, they might value the formal arts more, or they might say, you know what, that's quite elitist. I think we're going to make our own stuff over here. Um, But yeah. And I, and so, so right at the beginning of the company, a lot of what we're looking at is, you know, how, how do we build this, awareness of everyone's an artist it very much felt like a kind of campaigning organization and we so we do something um so the, the very first thing that I did um after that doing my uh, month of creativity is that I sort of put on Facebook with some of my mates does anyone want to do this with me in January like every day we could sort of you know do a little creative challenge and I've still got loads left over that I didn't that people gave me that I didn't do and I had you know a few friends and friends of friends and there ended up being about 200 of us and that first January we did this challenge together and um, we called it I called it the January challenge for one of more inspiration and <laughs> <Crazy>. um, <laughs> 
Um, but what, what I think is really nice about it, I'm not sure I did this intentionally, but it doesn't have creativity in the title. Like yeah. I think sometimes that word around creativity really terrifies people and they, they wouldn't necessarily come to something that was so actively creative. Um, and in the same way, they wouldn't come to something that might be say, this is going to really help you with your well-being. But actually, it did both for that for those people. You know, it really helped the creative. It really helped them with their well-being. And so, you know, we've done that every year since, and we now have fifty thousand people doing it in January wow. every year, wow. and it's co-created with communities up and down the country. And so that side of the business has really grown, and we, you know, we're really looking at what we offer to the public and to people. And what I love about that is also that lots of individuals do it, but also loads of youth group leaders and care home activity coordinators and prison officers and people use it with their group. So that there's this lovely kind of cascade effect that happens across the country and across the world. Lots of people do it. And then what we're also doing is looking at how do we, how can we do that in more in-depth ways? So how do we, how do we embed a culture of creativity in, in every school, in every home, in every business, in every care home? You know, how how do we look at ways of doing that? So we also run, you know, in-depth programs at uni- universities and in-depth programs in prisons, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so we're constantly kind of trying to evolve and learn more about how it works and why it works and yeah um, what works <laughs> so, and what so I'm really intrigued so what what are you seeing because I mean it's interesting that you say even using the word creativity because what I hear a lot even from nine ten year olds it, there's something shifts kids are born creative they're very imaginative they're full of energy about passionate about getting involved with anything that you present, whether it's music or art or they love all that stuff. And then suddenly about eight, nine, 10, they start to say, yeah, but I can't draw or I'm not very good at that. Are you, are you able to shift that perspective back with the work Definitely. you're doing? Yeah. And I, and I feel like that, you know, that's what I love. So we hear the people, you know, people take part in the January challenge and they say, I haven't done this stuff since I was a kid or like and and I just realized it's not about always the narrative that we are focusing on is not about what you're making it's not about the end product it's not about that it's about the process of having a go we call it do think share you do the thing you think about what it was like for you and you share that with other people and of course lots of people do share the thing they made or the thing they drew or the thing they wrote or but it's also about yeah, reflecting on what the experience was like for you. And some, sometimes the challenge will be sit with your eyes closed for five minutes and don't do anything, you know, to remind people how important it is to rest and why that is important for creativity. And I think that, you know, that's the thing. It, it's like unlearning. There's been a sort of, you know, there's been something that's happened where we've associated creativity with excellence and yeah. actually it, creativity can lead to excellence but actually if you start with trying to be excellent first creativity goes out the window (laughs) because you're not you're not thinking creatively anymore you're thinking about how to be perfect uh, how to get it right you know what would work and that's actually when you think about what the most interesting artists are doing that you know they're not trying to get it perfect or right they're coming up with ideas that you would never have thought of before and I think that's what to me, what feels so fundamental about it is that, you know, there's this brilliant dictionary definition of creativity, which is, you know, to transcend traditional ideas, rules and patterns and to make new ones. And what I love about that is it's sort of saying, 
you know, creativity is this fundamental human right. It's the fundamental thing that we have. And it's, you know, it's one thing to say to someone, you can't draw or you can't paint. You shouldn't, you, no one should ever be told that because everyone, you know, you can do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I spent my life saying, pick up a pencil. I think you'll find you can. <laughs> exactly. But the, but also that thing of like, it, it, you can also make up new rules. You can have ideas. You can have ideas that matter in the world. You know, that is the danger, you know, the real danger we get into society is when we start telling people they can't do that, that there are only a few people in the world that have the power to make the rules and break the rules. <laughs> you know, the that every yeah, has the list yeah. on. And, you know, so to me, that that is what is so exciting about creativity, that when we think, oh, I didn't think I could do that. Like, you know, I didn't think I could draw, but actually I've drawn a thing and it's not actually that bad. It kind of, I think it helps flex that muscle. It reminds us, you know, well, if I didn't think I could do that and I could, maybe I could go for this job I didn't think I could go for, or I could tell this person what I think of them, or, you know, that that kind of thing. And do you find, um, because the, there was a real sense of, especially with the 30 day t- challenge, this idea of connection, do you find it, it sparks more connection within organizations that there's a, there's a great leveling around creativity as well. That's what I find. It's, it's more, um, if you're willing to give it a go, it's that, which, which that is the leveling piece. It's like, are you willing to make a fool of yourself? Are you willing to show somebody the messy bit that's not quite finished and not be so obsessed with this perfect outcome? Do you, do you find that sort of changes the, the atmosphere in organizations? Definitely. It changes the dynamic and the way that people, one of the things I really love is that, you know, it's extraordinary to me because I've always been relatively lucky to work in organizations where people have conversations and they know a bit about each other and you feel like, you know, you get on well as a group and it's something that I have really, you know, we've really instilled in the culture of 64 million artists. But, you know, when we started working with lots of other companies, we'd go in and we realized the first thing that we, we did this big piece of work at a big university looking at kind of what builds a culture of creativity and we would go in and the first thing we would do with you know whether it was with the deans with the students with the faculty whoever we'd say can you tell us what your job is but also tell us something that you love to do outside of work and that was you know it's a very simple thing that we would do mm. at the beginning of every meeting everything that we did and suddenly you know you were like this person's an olympic weightlifter <laughs> like this person's but this person loves gardening and this person loves gardening and they're the ceo and they're the administrator you know and like the, there's all this amazing stuff that comes out where people suddenly are like oh you're a human being and yeah. when you see someone as a human being and you see what things you have in common and you start to treat people with more respect and you you have you're able to have a different kind of conversation and you know I'm not saying everyone has to like tell everyone all their personal details at work but you know, when you can have that leveling, that idea of we're all just people in the world trying to get by every day. Mm. And when, you, when you're reminded of that, you have more compassion for people and you are more open to listening to their ideas. And, you know, and that's what I really love. You know, I, we did this really great project in a factory where we were working with the uh, factory floor workers in the warehouse and the office. And, you know, I remember they, them saying, you know, I just, didn't ever know this much about my colleagues and also now I feel like I'm not just a number to this organization mm. I'm someone with a name I'm someone you know and I can have a say they had a suggestions box at work that never had any suggestions in it and at the end of the project they had loads of suggestions because people felt like oh actually I 
I have got a bit of agency in how I operate in my work environment. Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's so fundamental. The, The reason I love what you're doing is because, you know, we're hearing desperate stories about workers in Amazon. And I hope Jeff Bezos, somebody forwards this to him to say, you know, we spend so much time of our lives at work, but there's no reason why that should be divorced completely from that reason to connect that way of making people feel like people and I think that's what you're embracing is that it doesn't matter whether it's making a Chinese lantern or talking about something you do outside of work or writing a poem but all of those activities actually help you connect with what it is to be human and and we're losing track of that so much in in society I think it would just be so that that's why you know I I when I heard about it I was like oh I really really want to share Joe's story just just so amazing and I wonder whether you know because during the pandemic there were so many people who suddenly found themselves with six weeks perhaps three months and and the first thing people went for was I'm going to do something creative so how did that impact your business? Yeah, I mean, it was incredible, wasn't it? This moment of like, moment in the sun for everyday creativity, whether that was baking banana bread. Um, And we did, so we, it was a really interesting time for us because we, you know, obviously it was a, a moment for us to kind of step into our own people. A lot of people came to us and said, can you help us suddenly turn, because of the January yes. challenge being, what's lovely about the January challenge is it's a completely digital program, but the, the actual creativity isn't digital. It's happening in real life. It's just the facilitation model is that we share it on social media. What, you get yeah. Email. You roll yeah. it out over Facebook. How, how do you, how do you sort yeah, of through, through all social media platforms through email, right. mostly people get it by email. And then we have a pack for group leaders, so a free pack that you can download. So most people, you know, if you're doing it individually, you have to wait each day to know what the challenge is. Whereas we give the group leaders the whole 31 challenges in advance so that they can plan and kind of think about sessions around it basically. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a really amazing moment for us as a company to, to have a bit of freedom to play as well. So we did, we ran some extra, we ran something, we called it create to connect. So sort of the idea being we're all at home, Mm. let's do some challenges together and share them. And it was really, you know, we had such moving stories of people saying, you know, I haven't seen anyone in person for weeks on end and I'm absolutely miserable. I'm, you know, I'm shielding at home. I can't even go out for exercise. And this has basically got me through that period, you know, just waking up each day and knowing there's something to look forward to, you know, knowing what's the challenge, what's it going to be. Um, and seeing really lovely kind of human connection kind of spring up between each people, complete strangers. It was so moving. And I think for me as like, we uh, by that time you know we'd really started out as this com- kind of campaigning organization and then we kind of got very heads down in like doing lots of work and being commissioned to do that work and and, and brilliant it was brilliant and it, we also have learned loads by having a real body of work that we've done for different various different clients but it was a a really great moment i think for me to be like ah we mustn't forget about the campaigning element we mustn't forget that actually this is about 64 now 68 million people you know, <laughs> we're not going to change our name it's, it's got a nice ring to it yeah exactly um but you know this is about everyone and that for me is is what I feel really excited about since the pandemic is getting back to that idea of this isn't you know yes we can deliver a really brilliant programming in a university or in a business or in an office in a school 
but we can also keep campaigning to to say why shouldn't this be in every GP surgery and every care home and every place that you know because we know that it has a transformative effect and it did have a transformative effect in so many places um during lockdown and and I, and it's so easy you know we're not talking about really in-depth massive art projects that you know people have to spend hours and hours on we're talking about five or ten minutes in every day to try something you haven't tried before and have a little moment of connection and and understanding oh wow you thought about it like this well I thought about it like this and what does you know that sparks a conversation about that you know I also think it has you know we've we've seen through January that it helps people feel motivated and productive and gives them more drive you know that's what our data shows from the focus groups that we do with the people who take part you know this isn't this isn't a nice to have silly little frivolous thing it makes a massive difference to people at work it makes them feel part of something it makes them feel more motivated to do their work and it makes them happier at home you know we did a really great study with UCL looking at data on mental health and these, you know, this just doing it for 30 days has a like, clinically significant uh, improvement in well-being and a reduction in depression, anxiety and stress, you know. Well, you're the living proof of that. I mean, I think, I think you took a sort of rock bottom moment for you and, you know, instinctively, intuitively lent into that. I think in a, in a, in a day and age where we're talking so much about mental health and the lack of access to, um, provision you know therapy and and within our health service but this is a this is a way that you really can build that structure into your own life and as you say it's not it's not you have to go out and buy a load of art materials it's really I I love what you say about it's trying something a little bit different I think rewiring your brain can often just snap you out of some of those those negative thought patterns can just really help you Again, the connection, you know, connection is where we we start to feel better about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And for me, creativity is better when it's done together. I I find myself often, you know, if I if I can get myself into a place where I'm having a conversation, that's when new ideas. And and this really at the heart of it, it's about innovation. It's about the newness, the the ideas that are coming, as opposed to the poem that you're going to write or the the song that you're going to sing. It's that um, sense of, I'm just going to let this, and, and again, what you were saying about the process, I'm going to let this process have an impact on, on how I'm thinking and, and snap me out of something. So for you, I mean, I know I, I, I uh, was listening to a podcast where you said you you were quite badly impacted by COVID and I'm wondering if it's been another source of um, helping you to, because I mean, long COVID is something that's just impacted so many different people in so many different ways, whether that's been another way that you can lean into using your creativity to to help you out. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and in such a different way, really, you know, because I'm someone that's always been kind of defined by my energy and mm. the fact that I like doing lots of things. I like having lots of people around me. And suddenly I was, you know, I got COVID right at the beginning of, you know, I got it, I think the day after we locked down um, and was really incredibly ill with, you know, an 18 month old at home and a, you know, in a very, very small flat in London. And then, you know, 
thought after two and a half weeks or well, then you know I'm not coughing so much anymore and but suddenly it, tran- it transitioned into this thing where I couldn't get out of bed I just I you know I would go to the shop and that would be it I couldn't do anything after you know it, you know if I if I spent five minutes walking that would you know Gosh. cost me the rest of my day basically um and it was awful you know it was and it's awful for everyone who experiences it because yeah, um, so many of us don't actually really under understand quite how debilitating that is I never expect you know I'd been through a pregnancy I'd been through how to having like a very early sleepless nights baby you know I I, I would hear people talk about ME or chronic fatigue and think oh yeah, I know what it's like to feel really tired, you know, but actually it's completely different from that. It's this, you know, this feeling of like, I've literally been hit by a bus. Like I cannot, I am physically unable to try to get out of bed. And, and that's, you know, it really, it really knocked me and it, and it made me feel, and and then you get in your head, you know, everyone's talking about how it's linked with mental health and you're thinking, am I, do I really feel like this or am I just depressed? And do I actually want to get out, you know, and this, this sort of, mm. and no one knew anything about it. There was no information. Um, and, and so for me during that time, one of the things that I could do. So, so actually mentally I had, had quite bad brain fog and I couldn't concentrate for huge periods at a time, but I could fit the physicality was the hardest thing for me. So I could lie in bed and do some, you know, do something small creatively, not for long, but for five minutes, <laughs> I could do something wow. like that. And, and it was such a lifesaver to, and, and the fact that this was my job that you know that I was seeing other people doing it that I was having a connection with other people doing it yeah you know was it really helped me feel like oh I'm part of something bigger than just me in this house with my husband and my kid feeling completely inadequate because I'm really not able to parent very well I'm struggling with running a business you know it it kind of kept giving me a sense of myself of what was important, of what was bigger than me. And, you know, it's interesting because, so I, I mean, I was really ill for about six months and then I got pregnant with my second son and that kind of seemed to cure it essentially. Like it, you know, m- the miracle of like yeah, yeah. hormones essentially. Um, and so now since I've had him, I was, again, I was pretty well. And then when I stopped breastfeeding him about a year ago, I got poorly again and not quite to the same extent, but now it's, it's still, you know, I sort of feel it as like an underlying thing all the time. So I have to be very tuned into myself to be aware of what my limits are. And so to me, one of the things that's really interesting is how I learn to be like creative and energetic in, but in this new way, like in a way that isn't dashing around everywhere and trying to take on a million too many things and instead being more reflective, you know, and being more grounded, like trying to take the positives of it, trying to, you know, take this little gift of you have to lie down. Like you, I, it's not, you know, I've always been someone that everyone says, you really should rest more. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I should rest yeah. More. Whereas now it's like, body is now telling you that's not, that's not for now. Yeah. yeah. I, I just physically can't push myself further than I can go. I had a really, you know, it was my birthday last weekend and I had a lovely weekend. It was really nice. And then Monday I was just in bed all day. Cause I just, 
hadn't really thought about the fact that I had something planned in, you know, twice a day. Still now, it's still really impacting you. And, you know, what I'm hearing is this, this lifeline, this creativity is, is really becoming more and more essential to you every day. It's almost like, you know, we talk about creative flow when you get into that state of flow. And I think, I think there's been a lot of research done about it, but we we don't all access it as easily as perhaps we could. But there's, it sounds like, you know, there's moments where when you are forced to slow down, at least you can fall back on that, that thing where you go, what is going to just absorb me? Mm. So I can then just spend some time grounded. And, and, and more and more, I'm hearing people talking about, that need to slow down. I think, I think maybe, maybe it is an aftermath of the pandemic. Not, I mean, obviously what you've got has, has really impacted you in, in, in a much more severe way, but I'm sort of hearing little kind of microcosms of that from people just, Oh, I just need to be much more intentional about where I'm putting my energy and how I'm using my time. Definitely. I mean, there's so much burnout, you know, I, I just feel like you, I rarely have a conversation with someone without them saying I'm exhausted and you know we so we last summer we gave the whole team August off so all of August off to kind of recuperate essentially from the pandemic we've now decided to do it we work a four-day week but we've also decided to do it this August as well and you know it feels like that's needed you know we're working at at kind of an extraordinary rate it doesn't you know that and so so much of that is unproductive you know I really feel like when we moved from five days to four days we really didn't lose any productivity and similarly we managed to take the whole of August off without and we still had our biggest year to date financially it's it's working what's the word it's working smarter not harder um I loved that yeah I, I noticed because it says on your email you know we're a four-day work yeah. week organization and I think more and more again again it's about we have one wild and precious life how are you going to use it and and that's not to say that for a lot of people it's not a possibility but it's it's kind of do you always want to be trading your time for the money that comes in for an income when actually if you can get more you can get more productive by getting more creative. I mean, that, that is creativity in itself, how, you, how you're going to manage the organisation. Perhaps it's that half the people take August off and half the people take July off, you know, be creative and, and see what happens. Yeah. And there's different ways, you know, I, you know, we don't, I don't work in a business of 10,000 people and I don't work for the NHS. And of course there are loads of, you know, there are different ways of doing things, but I'm really, you know, I'm really excited about the recent uh, results from the four day week. Mm. trial um because we we were a mentor on that and there really was a huge range of organizations that took part and and it just goes to show i think you know for me the creativity you know the the practice of doing those challenges and have integrating into my life you know i always you know i still get obsessed with being perfect i still get anxious about things we you know but the practice it, creativity is like a muscle, you know, if you're practicing it and you're trying it. For me, the thing that I find easier than I've ever found in my life is that ability to think quickly, like you, you, to change my mind, to be flexible about something, to see something from someone else's perspective much more easily, to kind of have an idea and see it into action. Like all of those things, which I feel like right now are the absolute essential skills that we all need in life. Yeah. 
that's what I feel proud of myself for is that, you know, it's not that I won't ever get stuck again. It's not that I won't be exhausted. And, and I feel like that's, that's how I, that's what I think about how we need to be more in the world. You know, the people are looking at the four day week or August off and saying, well, that feels impossible. I can understand where that comes from, but we all thought it would be impossible to all suddenly work from home for yeah, a year. Yeah. And actually it was fine. <laughs> impossible so, is nothing. Is a, exactly. You know, one of my previous guests, uh, that was her sort of wisdom. Impossible is nothing. And, and I think it is just, that is creativity at its essence is let's get creative about the solutions if it's a four-day work week and wouldn't what would that look like for people you know mothers who want to work that just builds so much more possibility into organizations and and it, it is a matter of getting creative about this and not just saying this is the way it's always been done let's let's break things a little bit and 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 try things and be willing to experiment with the fact that this might not work. Mm. I love, love, love that you have dug into that word practice because I think the other thing that creativity sparks, a lot of people think I'm going to wait until I get inspired to be creative. And yet, you know, your 30 day challenge, the way you've said to set aside five minutes a day to build something as a daily practice, flex that creativity muscle. I think it's that the, the idea that you get actually way more freedom through structure and the more mm-hmm. creative people I speak to, it's that discipline that is an essential part of it. How, how does that sort of reflect in, in, in the work you're doing? Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely right. I feel like, you know, if you say to someone, go, be creative, you've got however long you want, it, you know, it terrifies people. Whereas I think that's the idea of this sort of structure, a little bit of challenge is really helpful in that you sort of say, you know, write a poem about Mondays or go for a walk and notice everything blue that you see, or, you know, it, it's the, these ideas of like, you know, here's something to try to put your brain in a different way of being to kind of stretch your brain to, to make it think differently, but also your body too. You know, that's something that I, one of the things that we I've really noticed what's brilliant now is, you know, we don't make up any of the challenges They're all kind of co-created by community groups or, uh, artists or people up and down the country. Fantastic. Um, and what I love then is that, you know, these things that I would never have thought of doing that are more uncomfortable for me, you know, I'm much more uncomfortable with sit still in a chair for five minutes and close your eyes. <laughs> and I am, you know, I could easily make you up a bow about Mondays in five minutes, but, and I, I think it is that thing of like, challenging yourself to just do something different and you and we need telling don't we a lot of the time yeah we find that really hard to do for ourselves I really remember one in fact it was around the same time of the creative challenges thing I went to a brilliant GP I think she was a locum you know she was just there for that one day with these panic attacks and she literally wrote prescript on a prescription go for a walk every day (laughs) and because she'd written it down yeah because it was yeah. from the doctor and the doctor told me. <laughs> Whereas if, I, if someone had casually said it or, you know, like I yeah. wouldn't it in the same way. And I, and I think that's what hopefully what we're offering to people is a structure and a format in which to try it. Because I, I do think really you have to be the person that gives yourself the permission. It's not, it's not coming from anyone else, but, and again, that in itself is an empowering moment where you say, yeah, I am, I am going to take five minutes for this. I am going to take 10 minutes for this. And so, so often I hear someone say, oh, I, I saw the challenge this morning. I didn't really think I liked it. And then I found myself thinking about it all day and actually I did it. And, you know, and yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but I did come up with this, which I thought was really interesting. It, you know, 
it's not about perfect. It's not about perfection. It's not about getting it right. It's a, it's the act of having a go is the kind of where the boldness comes in. But also, I think when you when you just do that little little by little, I'm I'm a terrible person. Be like, oh, in a minute, I'll do I'll do all six of them in, in, at the end of the week, and and yet the real progress is always made when you are able to just consistently, whether it's writing or yeah, any anything you want to lean into, and then if you do that for enough time, you look back and go, whoa, look what's just happened. You know, this is amazing. And I think that's when you are able to, so we say, you know, don't attach yourself to the outcome, but at the same time, I think we're wired to want to be able to master things, you know, whether it's mm. knitting or, you know, to, to, and nobody really wants to be in that position of, oh, I've got, you know, there's a big gap between where I am and where I'd like to be with these people who, you know, comparing myself to these people who've been mastering it for 20 years. So what do you say to people who literally come and, you know, still now you must have people who go, no, no, there's nothing creative. Well, yeah, that happens all the time. <laughs> you know, it's really common. And it obviously depends in which environment you go in. Like, you know, sometimes I'll go and give a talk and say, you know, who here thinks they're creative? And it really is so fascinating to see like who that, you know, what percentage, but it's never more than 70%, I would say. Yeah. Um, and the and actually the arts and creative industries are some of the worst for that because a lot of them put people you know these people are creative and then yes, yes. more than the other labels people. um so uh so yeah in terms of that um then how yeah how i approach that or how we approach that is really about again pro- providing a structure for someone to have a go at something and and also to to give them loads of different things to do so it's not because someone can easily say i don't like writing or i don't like drawing mm-hmm. i mean i'm rubbish at drawing but i'll always have a go because i've been told to and it, it is amazing so normally we're in a workshop environment or we're putting in a space and basically I've never, I don't think I've ever in the, all the years of doing this had anyone refuse to do the thing. Like they just wow, start wow. doing it. Yeah. But it's easy. It's not, I'm not asking anyone to do anything massive, you know, and then when they start, they're like, oh yeah, that was all right. And obviously they're not, <laughs> not, it's not like everyone is having a revelator experience where they're like, oh, I'm so free suddenly. But you know, for most people they're like, oh yeah, I thought I, I could do that thing. And I didn't think I was going to, and I've done it. And there's something that they'll take from that experience. And I do, and again, I, I always say something like, you know, if someone says I am not creative, I'll say, have you ever told a lie? <laughs> have mm. you ever had to, you know, come up with an excuse for something? Have you ever, you know, it, lots of people say, oh, I just put numbers in sheets and I'll say, but, you know, have you ever had to kind of have a, have a conversation with someone to try and get them to give you the numbers that you need? Or, you know, that we're all using this sort of stuff all the time. It's just that often we don't recognize it's not something we would recognize as creativity. Yeah. Um, and that's kind I think of what me, I'm hearing is you're, you're you're really helping people to redefine creativity and move away from those those labels of you know being creative and putting yourself in a box, which is just magical. I think that's the essence of 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 what sixty four million artists is doing is 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 making it accessible and taking away some of that fear that is inevitable when you're going to try something new that you might not get right. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, you know, if we do that, well, I know we do that for 
you know, at least 50,000 people a year, but that, but to me, it's like, how do we get, how do we change the culture of how we are in this country to be more accepting of people having a go and not ridiculing them and yeah. having a go at them for trying something new, but how do we start to say, yeah, you know what, we can all do that. And it's really brave to do it. And it's, it's something that should be admired. And, and, and it is, is it, you know, it's interesting and exciting to start to see the word creativity pop up, for example, in business, you know, people always saying, you know, creativity is like the number one thing that people are looking for when they're hiring and that kind of thing. And it's sort of, it's interesting because I don't think it's always true. Like people think they want creativity, but they don't want someone that's going to come in and challenge them with lots of thinking. They do things differently. Oh, no, yeah. no, we didn't want that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's sort of that thing of, you know, how do we, how do we really start to integrate that into everything we do? You know, in schools, people talk about arts coming out of schools, which, you know, obviously is really heartbreaking. And I really, yeah, you know, yeah. I want to work on that. But I, what I'm more scared about is the lack of creativity in teaching in general in that, you know, even in art, a lot of the teaching in the curriculum is copy this style, do this thing like this person did. And that's not creativity, is it? You know, it's learning about art in some ways that's helpful, but you know, even in maths, like creativity in the teaching of maths is really important. Creativity in the teaching of science in English in every subject is important as important as it is to have art subjects in schools, you know, that, uh, you know, they are intertwined, creativity and the arts. For me, you know, it was Ken Robinson, so Ken Robinson and his, his very famous TED talk, Schools Kill Creativity. And I think the fact that so many million, I mean, I I think it's now about 40, 60 million views or something, but that resonated, that landed with people. But at the essence of this, I mean, it's interesting. You say you're a a mum of young children. I always find the key to sparking my own creativity is just to get into a room with some young young kids. And I'm wondering how much that's influenced your own work since you've become a mum. Oh, massively. And what was so lovely, my eldest is four now, and he did the January challenge with me this year for the first time probably. And it was, you know, he would wake up and say, what's the challenge today, mum? And it is so lovely, like so nice, A, to see his take on it and to sort of, you know, to see the challenges through his eyes, but also to spend that time together doing something creative. And one of the things that's so interesting for me is I had a brilliant conversation with a friend at Christmas who was saying, I, we have, I have this, I'm in this lovely group, which is, um, I call it the Monday morning intentions group. So on Sunday night, I'll send a message saying, has anyone got an intention for the week? And we set an intention. Wow. And one of them, one of them said, it was just before Christmas, uh, my intention is not to try and uh, rectify or crit- like critique my children's artwork. But, like basically it's just, just to let them get on with it and not be like, Oh really? You've made the tree orange, even though it's supposed to be green. <laughs> like, and I really, I really resonated with me because it is that thing of, you know, it's so interesting. Why, you know, he's just learning to like read and write, which is so cool. And he's so enthusiastic about kind of learning and he's not at school yet. So he hasn't got a sort of same sort of format or framework for it. And just watching, you know, not at this stage, what's great is I'm not feeling like I have to dive in and say, you don't spell it like that, or it doesn't, you know, this is, but, you know, he just came home yesterday and he'd made this whole book, it's called Natty's Animal Fact Book, and he'd written all these facts about and drawn all these pictures 
And you just see this like unbelievable, this like unleashing of just like, I've got this project. I'm so excited. I'm just going to do it. He'd written this whole book. You know, literally just learned to write. And um, I had, it reminded me so much of that feeling. I remember that feeling so much from being little, like I'm lost in this project. I'm so excited about doing this thing and seeing it come into reality. And like the power that you feel as a kid when you do that. And I was really lucky to grow up in an environment on the whole where that was really encouraged. And they didn't say, oh, you've got that wrong. <laughs> We've done this right. You know, like they really, I really remember my mum saying, I'm going to try not to like step into the science project that you're doing. <laughs> I'm just going to let you yeah, do it yourself. Yeah. And, and, you know, for me again, I could see myself, if I, if I become a parent five years ago, with that guy that I thought was going to marry not five years ago, whenever it was, so 10 years ago, um, I would have been a different parent. I would have been the parent who would have said, like, let me, let me correct that for you. Like, have you you put putting the sticker in the right place? (laughs) It doesn't go over there. Could you colour just a little bit closer into the lines? I really think because so much of me was like we really have to get this right like because getting things right is what will keep us safe essentially that you know like being being right helps helps me be safe and now I know like that's still so wired in me like I notice myself do it and sometimes I can't stop myself doing it but on the whole now I can catch myself being like look what you're doing that's that's not helpful so I really that intention at the beginning of the week is actually a really powerful thing to do. And it's it's interesting that, that you you really hit on something as well that intrigues me because I think where our school systems are perhaps going a bit wrong, and it's you know, it's because our education system was based on a foundation of getting people to follow rules, and you know, we were we were trying to get people who would be good at being part of production lines and, and productivity was was viewed in a different way. But the minute you allow people to bring their enthusiasm to the table, you don't have to teach them anymore. You don't have to, you know, they will go and find out everything they need to learn. And I just wish that we could get better at building strength finder schools where you you literally tap into each child's own creative enthusiasm and then let them take that and explore it a bit more. And it's it's hard to know within the school structure that we have, you know. But again, because during COVID, we were able to say, oh, we don't have exam results. Um, mm. And yet we're sort of trying to get back into those boxes now. And, we, you know, so I think this is why your work is so important, because it's constantly saying, look, let's just turn the box upside down again and see if we look at it from a different view, what we can see, how we can do things differently. So what, what's your vision for the future? What would you like, you know, how do you see 64 million artists growing? I mean, you know, I think my vision for the future is every single person in the UK feeling like they're creative, you know, every school, every home, every uh, university, every w- workplace, embedding a culture of creativity that empowers people and enables people to be the person that they are, you know, yeah. that's what I want. And, you know, our role in that, who knows, like, I'm not precious about it being us that, you know, does that we will certainly obviously play a part in it. But, you know, for me, one of the things that we're looking at is like, how do we, how do we take something like the January challenge and grow that with the scale, but also looking still at like, how do you provide sort of deeper 
experiences for people at the same time, you know, and how do we use all the research that we're doing to, to take that and influence yeah. policy so that we can get back to, so that yes, we can affect a hundred people in this office or a thousand people in this office or 10 people in this office or school or wherever. But we can also say, keep saying, this is important. How do we do this as a country? How do we change? Like, how do we make this fundamentally important to how we work? You know, that is the thing that really, you know, gets me up in the morning. Basically. Yeah, well, it clearly does. And it's such an important mission. And I'm, you know, I'm playing my small part in, in helping to spread the word on that. One of the things I was really um, touched by, though, was, you know, go out. I'm, I'm advising anyone listening to this to go and, and just check out the website because it's got such inspiration for those tiny things, those tiny ideas that spark creativity, build that structure into your life. But also there are so many little notes from people saying, thank you. Thank you. This is either because it's accessible. So you, you encourage people to really communicate with you via not just writing or typing it out. You can just send a, a voice note, which makes it so much, you know, more in the moment. And I'm wondering, you know, that there's a value of kindness that's just built into the, the DNA of the whole, the whole system of what you're doing. And I always ask people about acts of kindness that have kind of impacted them the other way. So <clears throat> as opposed to, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of what you're, those, those acts of creativity, a lot of them do involve actually ultimately making an act of kindness, you know, reaching out to somebody and saying, oh, can you help me with this? That's, that's going to enable that, that moment. But is there a story that, that sprung to mind for you when I asked about an act of kindness? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, obviously we've had this really inspiring conversation about creativity. And then it was so interesting when you asked me that, you know, I got it on email last week. And the first thing I thought about is one of the things that I find in my life, you know, so I run a busy business. I have two small children. My husband is brilliant and also sometimes struggles with his mental health. And, you know, like there's a lot going on in our lives and it's it's busy and hard. <laughs> and the thing that I find really tricky so I can keep having big ideas and I can keep that sort of bit of my brain because I practice feels good the thing that I then find that I get really stuck on is small administrative tasks <laughs> like or personal Ooh, I'm with you I'm with you <laughs> and it was so it was coming up to my birthday last week and I had um not done anything I hadn't planned anything and I sort of said to a couple of friends we do something blah, blah, blah. and and I, I just had a complete block on being able to do anything about it mm. and my friend I said that to my friend and she just called up a restaurant booked us a table and sorted it all out because yeah. she could you know yeah. and that little moment of understanding what I needed without me saying I didn't ask her to do it she just said I'll do it did it and it was done and my whole body felt like lighter and happier and I got to see my friends on my birthday which I might not have done if she hadn't done that yeah. and that I think there's something in you know in all and so, so I and then I was like that that's not very neat into my creativity story description but it was the one that came to mind because I think it is it goes back to that thing about for me, I was open and vulnerable enough to say, I'm struggling with this. She was able to sort of see me in that moment and see what I needed and do it. And it's such a, I think sometimes when I am struggling, I will, you know, lock in and the, and the creativity, that practicing creativity is something that really helps me come out again. Yeah. And in order to be helped, in order for someone to be kind to us, 
we need to be vulnerable. You know, we need to be open to being helped, don't we? That that's the kindness that we're giving yeah. to someone and, else. And, and you know, like, yeah. any any creative pursuit, you there's a real vulnerability. That's why we're a little bit fearful of it. You know, it's a real, I made this. And people might go, yeah, well, we don't want to see it. <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> rubbish, or, <laughs> which is why it's so important not to, you know, not to make kids feel like, yeah, yeah, that's not actually very good. Um, but but yeah. but what you it does, it does feed into your whole story because it was a moment of connection. It was a moment of someone seeing that, you know, here's the thing that I'm not great at. I'm great once we've we've made the phone call and got the, the venue all booked at being the, the catalyst for conversation and excitement yeah. and connection. Somebody else leans into, oh yeah, I can you know, quite happily choose a restaurant, make sure we've got the booking, make sure it's actually, because I mean, my big problem is if I'm left in charge of all the admin, the times and the dates will be wrong. So yeah. <laughs> nobody will be in the right place anyway. So it's best I always think it's best to, to sort of, again, it's it's back to leaning into your strengths. It's about finding out what makes you tick. And I think that is the essential part of what you're doing. You're helping people open up a world where it might not be um, making this Chinese lantern might not be the thing that I'm destined to do with my life, but it <laughs> might just spark in me. Ooh, what would it be like to go home and cook an interesting meal eat something I've never tried before you know it sparks a whole chain reaction and it can start with something as simple as someone saying stop doing what you're doing and let's do something you haven't done ever before and that you know and that's this is where it all leads it leads to those moments of gosh it's my birthday and I haven't done anything about getting together but but it's it's when we get together to to celebrate, there's there's usually huge amounts of creativity go into that, you know. Absolutely. Everyone brings something to the table. So no, beautiful story and happy birthday. I hope thanks, you thanks. Hope you <laughs> and then we move on to music because this, you know, it's it's interesting for me that um I I was sort of motivated to put music into this podcast because one of my favorite pastimes is just listening, listening to desert Island discs takes me into a whole different world. I can go for a walk. I can, I drive my family nuts because I've always got my earphones in, but for me, it's such uh, a place of creativity and whether you are someone who makes their own music or just enjoys listening to other people's music, but the range and the depth and the emotional access that you have when you listen to music is just, that's creativity right there. So Mm. how does that play into the work you do? First of all, I'm interested if you, if you use music at all in some of the workshops, but also then where do you go to for music? Yeah, I so that yes, we do, and yeah. we often, you know, like if we'll set people an exercise, we'll often have music playing. Although it is interesting because again, some people really don't like that. It'll, you know, like we always sort of work with a group to see what what works for them. But yeah, I mean, I think it's such a trigger, isn't it? Like it's such a for me. And it's funny because I am not someone, I'm always someone who sang. I always did a lot of music, played a lot of music as a kid. Uh, it was always a really big part of our lives, and yet I like my husband will have the radio on all the time. Whereas I'll normally listen to a podcast or speaking or Mm. because actually I think for me, music is so emotional, you know, like for me when it's on, I'm dancing or I'm singing or I'm doing, or it makes, it really makes me 
feel something and yeah and so actually I'm not a kind of everyday music person I'm a music person for a thing or for a feeling so actually you know and yet when when you ask this question one of the things I always really find and we you know we'll often do challenges that are about you know what's the song that makes you think of this or and always I find that mine are really cheesy (laughs) because it's like quite like you know it's like a power ballad or something um and I had two. I'm gonna think what one, which one are we gonna go with? But um I think one of so the, I guess the one for me, which is sort of harks back to some of the, like a time when I was sort of felt I suppose for me, what music does is it taps into being me. It it's yes, like yeah. getting into my soul and it's like this is who I am. So I'll tell you both of them. The, one of them is um so when I had my first son, we had a birth playlist and I was pretty lucky to have a pretty good birth. I was in the water. It was quite quick. And we had this birth playlist on. And, and so now when that playlist comes on, I'm sort of taken back to this time where I guess for me, I was like oh. the most me ever, you know, that like this was me like in a zone of like, poof, I'm not even in charge of who I am. This is literally my soul and my body. At it's like most bare, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um, and there's a song in there, which is uh, Leanne Rhymes, You Light Up My Life. And, the, and at the beginning of it, it's very kind of like, it reminds me of being in the dark, you know, where, and it talks about being in the dark in these candles and, you know, and then it goes into it. Like I feel emotional talking about it, but, you know, yeah. you light up my life, you know, you give me hope. And it, and it was that, you know, that I literally gave birth to this boy who became, you know, the light of my life. And and it was incredible, you know, that, so now whenever I listen to that playlist, I'm immediately feel calm. I feel happy. I feel just completely myself. So even though that song is incredibly cheesy and look, as are lots of them on that, on that <laughs> it's such a kind of moment of, of being me. And then the, the other one also incredibly cheesy. It reminds me of a time when I was, I was just finishing, I did a sort of arts management in my transition actually from creativity doing, I did like a drama degree and then I decided, Oh, I need to learn how to do this properly. If I'm going to work in the arts. So I did like an arts management postgrad. So it's this sort of interesting transition time from kind of purely doing it kind of for fun to thinking, how do I do this as my job? Which is yeah, really yeah. for the first sort of 10, 15 years of my career. Um, so, and I had this day and I was listening to that song by McFly. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you, baby. And this feeling of like, again, that moment of like being young, being completely myself, being completely free to do whatever I wanted to do. Like it gives me this feeling of joy and reminds me that, you know, that's who I was then. And I can still be that. I can still be that, even though I've got two kids to look after and a busy business to run. And, you know, I can still, I've always, I'll always be that me. I'll always be the me that I was when I was three and getting messy with pain. You know, that's all of these versions of me. And I can always go back to whichever of them I want to Yeah, and I I don't think those are cheesy songs at all, but (laughs) those are so so beautiful. I mean, especially the the one, that's such an intimate story about the the playlist when you're having a baby. And it reminded me, I I still don't know why, but I was was at home two days after I'd had my first son and I was just playing David Gray, Babylon by David Gray. And he was in a, I was, I just strapped him to a, a baby Bjorn because that was the way he just sort of 
fell asleep and I wasn't very good at putting him down and and um it takes it's still now if I hear that song I'm standing in the kitchen with this tiny tiny little life looking looking at it looking what, what am I going to do and how am I going to do this <laughs> yeah. and it just yeah that is for me the power of music but it's also what you're highlighting is that's the power of creativity it can take you to certain moments it can it can bring all of that joy and energy into your life that wouldn't otherwise be there. If you, I mean, I, I love what you say about how you'd even be a different parent if you hadn't yeah. sort of had that rock bottom moment and gone, I'm going to lean into my creativity. I'm just going to bring that essential self, that, that essence of who I am to the fore. And, and I think it's what makes us whole and, and we should never lose track of that. So, I mean, so wise, and I knew I knew this conversation was going to be a lot of fun. But Joe, what would you say are you know is the pearl of wisdom, other than you know putting on the McFly music um, <laughs> that you 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 use to get you through the challenges to sort of that have brought you to where you are today? I think I was chatting to my colleagues about this earlier, and and obviously I've got loads about practicing creativity every day and doing something for you every day and. And we've talked about those. I think for me, when I first met my husband um, seven years ago, um, I we started quite quickly, and I don't I don't recall why or how it started, but every night, and I'm sure people, other people have said this to you, but every night before we go to bed for the last seven years, we have said three things that we were grateful for that day, and it's. And it's very rare that we miss a day. Like, you know, wow. every so often if things have been really bad or if one of us falls asleep with the children or something. <laughs> um, but, but it pretty much, you know, every day for seven years, we have done that. So that every day, even though, even if it's been a terrible day, even if it's been, you know, it's hard to find something to be grateful for, we can still say we've got a roof over our head. We've yeah. got each other even if we hate each other at that moment. <laughs> the, the, there's, you know, there's, it's that coming back, that's recentering before you go to sleep, the end of the day, I'm here, I made it, you know, I got through the day and these are the things I'm grateful for. And so, and to me, it is, that is such an essential part of my creative practice as well, you know, to remember that it's not, you don't always have to do something new. It doesn't always have to be extraordinary. You can just show up and you can just be you and that's, you're making a mark on the world and you're doing something important for you. You know, you can, there's always something you can find to be grateful for, even if the day has been terrible. And so actually, yeah, gratitude, I think is yeah an, an essential part of my creative process. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. And it's not something I hear a lot, actually, especially the idea of saying something. I, mean, I, I think there's a lot around gratitude journals and, I know a lot of people sort of fall off the wagon and, you know, to keep yeah. it up for seven years and actually say it out loud. I think you're saying out into the universe something that that then that it becomes your reality the more you you say it. So that's a wonderful thing to inspire people to do. And and I'm reminded I it was it was funny when you were talking about um, just just finding the smallest thing. I had a conversation yesterday with a lovely friend of mine who is this amazing baker and he used to have a bakery and he closed down the bakery and he moved cities in, in, in Canada. And now he is back working in a coffee shop. And I think he felt like that was somehow a step down because he'd owned his own bakery and, but he's making 
cinnamon buns and he's making the most delicious bread. But what he's really doing is connecting with his the customers who come into the coffee shop every single day, having conversations. And he loves everything about bakeries and baking and bread. And so he inspires them to sort of really connect with taking a moment to enjoy whichever pastry they pick out to have with their coffee. And it's kind of, I I, I wanted to say to him, that's probably more inspiring work. That's having more impact on more people than perhaps running your own bakery was, which was, you know, you were getting up at four in the morning, you were constantly tired, the, all the things that were going on. It's it's the tiny, tiny little things often make such a big difference in people's lives. And that's what I see 64 million artists doing, you know, going into different organisations, changing things up a bit, just, but but it's not, it's not going to blow your mind what you're being asked to do. It's not being creative isn't difficult. It's just that consistency of show up every day, try something new and see where it leads you, you know, Absolutely. go into the magic. And don't have any, you know, that's a brilliant story because it's so often you speak to so many people, whether it's the boss of a company or it's, you know, someone you're just talking to about their life or their career or whether they want to have children or not or anything like that. And, and you realise like how much of our lives is guided by the sense of expectation, our own expectations or other people's expectations of us. And actually, how often do we just sit down and say, is this making me happy? <laughs> you know, yeah. that and that's really, that's all that matters. You know, you're being yeah. it as well, as long as you're being a decent person in the world, you know, we think we should have this big job or this big thing and we should start this thing. It doesn't matter. You know, none of those things matter. It's all about your own expectations of yourself and and how how you can make that realistic <laughs> to, to your own happiness. Yeah. Well, I'd just like to say thank you for the work that you're doing, for putting out so much goodness into the world because you're changing and impacting people's lives. Anyone who wants a little bit of a, a boost, either check out your Instagram, which is full of, you know, kids and inspiration, or the website at 64millionartist.com, which has just got little ideas to spark your own creativity, um, stories from people who've who've been doing things differently and, and how it's changed their lives. It's such a nice place to hang out. And I wish you all the very best with hopefully a, a, a very speedy recovery. And, and you know, I, I, it always breaks my heart to hear of people who have these long ongoing things that just hold them back so much when they've got so much to give. But I know you're going to get through it. So thanks for joining me, Joe. Thank you so much, Kat. I really enjoyed it. What an inspiring conversation. As we wrap up this episode, I'd like to leave you with a final thought. Creativity is not something reserved for a select few. It's a fundamental part of our human nature that we can all tap into. So whether it's through painting, writing, music, dance, or any other form of expression, there are endless ways to engage in creative activities and unlock the benefits that come with it. So I'd encourage you to take a step outside of your comfort zone and try something new this week. Don't worry about it being perfect or getting it right. The act of creating itself is what matters. And remember, creativity is not just about producing something beautiful or impressive. It's about exploring your own unique perspective and bringing your own voice to the world. As Joe has explained, there is so much to be learned from the natural world around us 
So even just taking a walk outside can open ourselves up to new experiences and ideas. And we can tap into our own creativity and unlock some of that wisdom that lies within us. So my suggestion is to go out and try something new today. Let your creativity soar and just see where it takes you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from. So I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.